You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to Orange County's longest running business talk show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and I am really excited for today's show. Why do you ask? Because Barbara Fulmer, sorry, Barbara, I know your name. I don't know why I tripped over it, but I'm so excited. I can't even say her name, ladies and gentlemen. Barbara is our guest today. Barbara is the founder and chief performance officer. You can see it right there on the screen. She's the performance officer at Performance at Work. So Barbara, welcome to Critical Mass Business Talk Show. Thank you, Rick. I'm thrilled. This is exciting today. I can't wait to hear what you've got to say. Well, let's start by saying I know that Performance at Work's been around for 13 years. Congratulations on the firm's longevity. But take me and the audience back to the original reason and motivation, inspiration you had for starting your Sure, sure. Well, at at that time, that was 2009. So that was right after I had left Jenny Craig. So my original motivation was to build my own speaking career. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is what was exciting for me. And at Jenny Craig, I had launched their corporate wellness program, which in 2009, that that was a new idea then for a lot of companies. And so I had a lot of good information that I wanted to share. And having spent much of my career in training, um, I wanted to teach others about that concept, about what how they could uh, help their employees become more healthy and why. So that was my motivation, along with, at that time, LinkedIn was fairly new, and it was more about a resume kind of situation for people. Right. And I was getting people reaching out to me, finding my profile, and wanting to know how I had grown my business, how I how I had grown my work life and in the healthcare industry. So if they were local, I would meet them at Starbucks for coffee and I want and give them an hour of free coaching. But I wanted to monetize that as well. So the original motivation was build a speaking career and also monetize that coaching business. So how long did it take, Barbara, after you launched that you felt, I think this is going to work? Um, I think the first time I got paid uh, <laughs> for, <laughs> as a speaker, when you get checks for seven and $10,000 for an hour of your nice? time and first class flights and all of that, I thought, this could be it. This could be, I must be doing something right mm-hmm. somewhere here. And, um, but I also... Because this performance at work wasn't called performance at work at that time. Mm. It was, um, I think because I was so focused on the healthcare industry, it was called Get Corporate Health, and which was very catchy. (laughs) (laughs) Stop. Um, uh, But but it was, you know, it was earning and it was also um, being able to be successful as a speaker and have it last for, it lasted over three years until I was recruited for a real job. Mm. And, um, and I, and I think this is a good message for your audience too, who want to be independent consultants 
to be open to taking those opportunities sometimes to work within a large company, small company, whatever it is, because that's how you learn things. You don't learn working by yourself, working with a small team of people on your own. Mm-hmm. A lot of what I teach today, I learned at Toshiba. I would have never learned all of uh of the training techniques I did had I not spent so much time at Toshiba, Jenny Craig, a, a division of United Healthcare. That's where it all comes from that I use today. Yeah, it can be challenging though if you're on the path to be a, an entrepreneur and then you get the opportunity to go back and take a job. Yeah, but I never stopped being an entrepreneur while I was okay. working. Okay. I always had that, that side hustle. I always needed to, in (laughs) fact, I had an arrangement with them that I could continue to accept speaking gigs Mm because I'd worked so hard to build that relationship with the speakers bureaus that I really wanted to maintain that and that I could still maintain my private coaching business. So I didn't really lose a lot of ground. But you were getting a paycheck. But I was getting a a really nice paycheck. Which is nice. And working in healthcare again, I was mm-hmm. working for one of the largest companies that um, designed and operated on-site fitness centers. Mm. So for employers, so it was fabulous. Yeah, it's sort of coincident with what you were speaking about yeah, as well. Exactly. You know, a, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs out there believe they have a talk that they can give a, a speech. Uh, yeah. You know, you you talk about first-class flights and getting you know five or six figure paid to speak for an hour, but it's really not an hour, is it, Barbara? No, no, it isn't. No, there's a lot of schmoozing and there's there's a lot, uh, but it's also, um, it is, it's acquiring the skill to entertain as a speaker versus just stand there and teach. I'd already done that. I'd Mm -hmm. been a trainer but you have to entertain to earn that money and to earn the right to come back and do it at their next year's annual conference. So let's let's talk about performance at work. What is it that the firm is doing? So who do you help? What problems are you solving for them? And why, Barbara, do they select you over other options they might have available to them? Yeah, good question. Well, overall, Um, I would think of performance at work as a coaching and consulting business. Um, Although I do a lot of ghostwriting now on LinkedIn for for people to build their LinkedIn presence, Mm. I do ghostwriting. But right now, um, I work with other performers. So I've always wanted, and I think it's my background in training, I've always been in that space where I want to fix the situation if people aren't doing as good as they could be doing or they're not doing as well as their skill set says they should. And and I know I'm like this because I've had several husbands tell me, (laughs) 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 manager of the world or concierge of the world, because I'm always like, that's not right. We got to fix that. We got to get And I feel the same way because I want individuals in their world of work to be happy. And I actually ended up writing this book because of the clients I had at Performance at Work. 
that there wasn't enough coaching I could ever do to help them get better at a job that they didn't like. And they didn't have a management uh, culture that was healthy for them. They needed to move along. They would never get happy there. So I think that this work helped that. But that's what performance at work. And also today, performance at work is evolving because of the book coming out. So a lot of my work now is really devoted to creating small group training uh, sessions that are based on concepts in the book. And I know we haven't talked about the book yet, but um, that's a lot of what's happening with the performance at work. Well, you bring up the book. So why don't we talk about Ditch Your Career Plan and tell... So, so oh, do we have to? Well, you brought it up. I think we should. <laughs> uh, so, so Mike, um, I give you credit for being disciplined and persistent because writing a book, regardless of how much in your head, ladies and gentlemen, you think you've already, it's written, when you actually put fingers to the keyboard or however you might do it, um, I think you most people quickly realize there's more to be done. So congratulations. Thank what you. was the inspiration for the book? I think you've kind of started to touch on it, but then what's the messaging and the ideas contained within your book? Sure. Um, everyone has always told me you've got to write a book. You've got, I've heard too many people say that because I tell, I'm a storyteller. Mm. And I, when I talk about my career, I tend to tell stories of, uh, with happy endings. And um, I started making notes and collecting that. And um, one day, and I don't know why I was reading this particular article, but the Department of Labor had a statistic that said that 51% of American workers were dissatisfied in their work. And this just like smacked me in the head because I thought if no matter where you're working, if 51% of your workforce are unhappy, that's, that's more than half the people you're working with. How is that impacting you and your work and your satisfaction? In, if your boss is unhappy and dissatisfied, if your coworkers are, how is that, you know, how is that impacting the company? So that was kind of a catalyst for really moving along for this book. Um, when I wrote the book, I really wanted, because of that 51%, I wanted to have a through line in it of taking responsibility. I have a quote and it's a name and it's one of, a ch one of the chapters. If it is to be, it is up to me. Mm -hmm. That's not my quote, but that you've got to take responsibility because when you think of those dissatisfied workers, who's to blame? Is it them? Could be. Is it their employer? Could be. So it's taking that responsibility to look at it and to know yourself well enough to really do that investigation and find out why you're dissatisfied where you are. Uh, but the, the most important part of this book, I think, is that it, because it's named Ditch Your Career Plan, yeah. it's telling people that the straight line careers started dying off a long time ago. The ones that just you graduate from college and this is the job you get, this is the degree you have. And when you're 40, you're miserable and you keep doing it because that's what you know. Right. 
or you could just come out of high school and get get into some kind of vocational work and you're still doing it and never tried anything else. So, um, and with the pandemic, it really, it just didn't survive that style of career path. So I teach in my book that your career develops over time, just as humans do. We develop over time. When you're 18, you don't know who you're going to be when you're 40, when you're 30, um, or what skills you'll have, what experience you'll have. But if you stay alert and awake and, uh, and aware of what's happening around you, you can make these moves that may not look like they fit to other people, but if it's the right work at the right time for you, you can always trust that going forward. And that's how my career has gone. People would look at things I did and go, why are you doing that? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just calling me. I think it's going to add to my overall skill set. And so did that answer the question? Yeah, I'm wondering, is your book a collection of stories? Is it a how-to guide for people? What will what will readers get from spending time with your book? Yeah, they will get stories for sure, because I use my career as a, a storytelling tool for them to learn what to do and what not to do. I also, for the first time that I've ever seen with a career book, most career books have steps, this 18 steps or the 10 steps or the 12 stages that you follow. And it's just putting you back into a linear path again. I do this and when I'm done with that, I have to do this. I didn't want that. So I went in a completely different direction and I took a, a, a cue from Carl, Carl Jung who worked with archetypes. And mm -hmm. archetypes are a symbolism that humans relate to. Like when I say the hero, which is an archetype, you don't have to be explained. You know, I don't have to explain what a hero is. Right. The lover, I'm not, I'm definitely not going to explain what that means, but Godiva uses the lover archetype to create their advertising and marketing campaigns. Um, I think it's Mars, one of the candy manufacturers uses the jester archetype. Mm -hmm when they're creating their marketing campaigns for candy. So I did the same for my book. Instead of follow this step, I have six archetypes. They're in a circle. You can use any one anytime you want. And it's more of a compass. Depending on where you are and you need direction, you look back at the six archetypes and think, I think that's the one I need right now. Mm -hmm. And follow that. And each of the archetypes have a want and a need. It's interesting. I, I'm, I have not, in full disclosure, I haven't had a chance to read Barbara's book yet, but I plan on doing that. And uh, I encourage Were you waiting others. For the movie? I'm waiting for the movie. Exactly. Yes, uh, obviously. But usually the books are better than the movie. I so know. I, I think I should read your book. Uh, how, how do people find your book? On Amazon right now. Okay. And on my website, which is just barbarafulmer.com. Got it. And. And it's been on Amazon that the audible book should be out within the next two weeks. Oh, good. But right now it's in soft cover and Kindle. Fantastic. So uh, that's her book, ladies and gentlemen. But there's a lot more to Barbara Fulmer than the book and the and the career that she has and the entrepreneur journey. But I, I'd like to kind of backtrack to the LinkedIn work that you're doing because you you mentioned in there were 13 years ago LinkedIn wasn't what right. it is today. 
from your professional view and the help that you're giving your clients around LinkedIn, what is LinkedIn today for the professional who wants to leverage that platform? Oh man, it is a really, it's a jewel. And, um, and I found that out prior to publishing the book when I needed to build my following Mm. LinkedIn in a strategic way to promote my book when it would come out. In doing that, I embraced LinkedIn again, which I had not done. I still saw it as a resume platform. Um, and it is really, if you really get into it, uh, LinkedIn today is a place to learn. There are such generous, intelligent, experienced individuals on there that share their information, their talent, their gifts, and guide you in so many good ways that you need. Um, it is also a place for you to teach. That's what I have found. So in my building, my following, I started teaching how I work with underperformers. So I changed the focus of my posts. So they're meaningful and they make sense and people respond to them. It's also LinkedIn is, and this is why um, I've had the interest from people to help them write their posts or their articles because a lot of people don't have the time to do that. And, um, and I've kind of gotten to know the algorithm better what day of the week, what time of the week, because it matters. It matters who sees your posts. And um, there, there, are, there are kind of uh, rules that you need to play for it. But LinkedIn is a phenomenal uh, opportunity to learn and to um, and be seen. If you want to leave the job you're in and go out on your own, oh, be a presence on LinkedIn. Seriously, yeah. it is. It's phenomenal for that because you it gets you seen. So it works for entrepreneurs who are consultants and coaches and people who are thought 100%. leaders in their space. Yes. It works for employees as well to, I think, use as a as a platform, because generally, I think when you're applying for a job, people will look at your LinkedIn profile. 100 percent. So yep. just knowing that that is your online. I consider LinkedIn as important for me and my coaching practice as my website. And in some ways, even more important than my website right. as far as its reach. Right. You found me on the internet. <laughs> Say no more. See the kind of people that are on LinkedIn? Yes, Barbara's yes. on LinkedIn, for God's sakes, and she's active on it. I know. Let's, okay, let's let's talk about uh, performance at work. What's the future, Barbara? Where do you what do you plan? Where are you taking the firm? What's going to be different? Now, it's an interesting question at this particular time because the book has just come out. And I, a lot of my work going forward is going to focus around uh, promoting the book and, and building my business by virtue of the content that's in the book. And I think I mentioned like doing small group trainings, maybe getting back into the speaking gig deal. I'm not sure about that yet, uh, but I will always continue to do my coaching for individuals. Um, because I have been able to monetize those people that I met at Starbucks <laughs> and the family. <laughs> sure. and, uh, and also just continue. I think what has kept 
performance at work alive over time is what will still keep it going over time. And that is, it's nimble. I watch what's happening on LinkedIn to kind of see where the market is and where the where the uh, where the jobs are, mm-hmm. where the jobs aren't, um, what the what the current conversation is, and I I try to build my services and products around that. And I find this ghostwriting for people has really started to kick up because they're learning that LinkedIn is a valuable tool. And and I just want to highlight, because you gave us a teachable moment here on Critical Mass Business Talk Show, Barbara, which is if you're going to become an entrepreneur or if you're an early stage entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. learn a lesson from experienced entrepreneurs, which is you have to keep reevaluating your business model and your service. You you can't set it and forget it. And 10 or 13 years down the road, it's as, as valuable as it was when you launched the company. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, which is which is both the opportunity and the curse of being an entrepreneur. Exactly. exactly. But it goes it goes the same for people in the corporate world. The skills yes. that you had 13 years ago, you've got to evolve your skills. Absolutely. And the product that worked 13 years ago isn't working today. There's always an evolution of product of service. Yeah. Yeah. And and having worked in those big companies, I have that behind me. You know. Yeah. And I also good. I think the um, do we have time for how are we? Always time for you. <laughs> um, I think uh, one of the questions, too, that uh, you and I talked about the other day was how I stay up to date or how I uh, who I talk to or, yes. how I, you know, can stay connected. Because when you work, I work from my home office. You're in it right now. It's mm-hmm. also the laundry room behind me, but <laughs> keep those doors closed for this interview. Um, but I am a big believer in mentors, in um, in building new one-on-one relationships with some of the people on LinkedIn that you meet, because I've met some of them in person in like 3D. Mm-hmm. You can actually meet, you know, <laughs> real people. Yeah. yeah, and that goes a long way. But I think having a mentor having um having that experience and building relationships this is the other thing i've done my whole career i've always built relationships with the leadership in whatever company i worked with and i've held on to that and i still have those relationships and i love that and that keeps me current and it keeps me you know up to date with what i'm doing so otherwise i'd just be alone in a room but I'm sure I feel like I have 800 million friends on LinkedIn. That's fantastic. If someone would like to connect with you on LinkedIn or learn more about your firm performance at work. Sure. How, how do you say they do that? Sure. Two ways. One, my website, very easy to remember. It's barbaraformer.com. Just my name, one L. And on LinkedIn, I, I use my real name. Barbara Fulmer, you can find me there and reach out to me. And I I have certain expectations for connections when we do connect that um that that you you learn from what I post and I can advance what I do from learning from you. So it's a it's a shared opportunity, shared relationship. 
Well, I want to thank you for being a guest today. I've been looking forward to it. As you saw at the top of the show, I was so excited to get started. I was fumbling over your name, but Barbara, thank you for being a friend and a guest on the show. Oh, thanks so much, Rick. I loved it. I'd like to thank, yeah, I'd like to thank our audience for being a part of Orange County's longest running business talk show. If you'd like to connect with me, like Barbara, it's my name, Rick, R-I-C, Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. Like Barbara, that's also my website, rickfranzi.com. So another lesson to entrepreneurs, make it simple for people to find you, especially if you're the thought leader in your practice. Uh, until the next time we have a chance to be together, I hope that all of your decisions move your company in a positive direction. Thank you.